In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. Coming soon to a prison near you, one would hope. But oddly enough, we're not really going to touch on that today. You should be relieved. We're all going to hear enough about that in the very near future. In the meantime, give us about 60 minutes and we'll give you a little tiny minute iota speck of the world. He is Jack. I'm Kenyatta. We are here and the world is not ready. What's going on, Jack? Not much. <laughs> not much. You know, it's just, just a crazy, well, for us, Thursday, for you guys listening, a crazy Tuesday morning. Indeed. Because it should be the first thing you listen to. It should be. Immediately, while you are brushing your teeth. And having coffee and all those other morning things and on your commute. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. So um, to start off, um, because you guys will be listening to this to the very first Tuesday in April, we would like to make you aware that April is indeed Autism Awareness Month. So, of course, if you yourself or anyone you know and love um, has autism, I'm sure you're aware of the Various resources out there, and I am in no way qualified to tell you what's good or not, so I won't. But I do want to make you aware that we are aware, and as always, we stand in solidarity. So that we do. That. that we do. For We're the thing to recognize, as um, as they are often referred to, the neuro spicy. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I prefer neuro spicy to neurodivergent. Well, I, yeah, divergent makes it sound like weird, and yeah. it's not even remotely like that. So, but spicy makes it sound, you know, somewhat fun. It actually does. It does. I'll, I'll agree to that. I'll agree to that. So yes, but um, that's what's going on for the month of April. Also, uh, for those of us that live in the states, our federal taxes will soon be due. Hooray! There is yeah. nothing more certain than taxes, death, and trouble, according to the late, great Marvin Gaye. Yes. It's funny you mentioned that because earlier I saw a thing that apparently the IRS actually has code and regulations in place in there to start recollecting taxes 30 days after a nuclear outbreak. I'm sure they'll need the funds. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to make it easy because they're only going to start with new taxes. They're not going to collect the old taxes that you already owe because that might be a little too difficult. Well, you know, what with everybody <laughs> all at once unemployed. Yeah. Well, what do I know? Yeah. That's, that's why I don't work in the government. Ah. <laughs> I do, and I still know nothing. Well, I mean, it's, just working for the government is not a guarantee of knowing, but we'll put this way, neither of us work for that part of the government, and I'm sure we that's wouldn't true. want to. I'm sure we that wouldn't want true. to. I hear that's stressful. Working for the IRS and being an air traffic controller. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. Anyway, let's move on to more exciting topics like our WTFs. Indeed. 
<laughs> and what is your WTF today? Well, um, it's an interesting story, and it's one that naturally made me very annoyed, but was unfortunately not surprising that it even ever happened at all. Sydney Holmes, 57 years old, was convicted back in April of 1989 for a 1988 armed robbery in which he was accused of being the getaway driver. He's arrested and sentenced to 400 years in prison. He was recently exonerated thanks to the work of the Innocence Project in Florida, because this is where this is happening, Broward County, Florida, of course. Recently exonerated after 35 years of that sentence because it was proven he wasn't there. And they said all this at his trial. Members of his family vouched for him. They had no fingerprints, no physical evidence. All they had was a witness ID, which turned out to be bupkis after the Innocence Project worked two and a half years with the Broward County District Attorney Office to go back through this case. And Mr. Holmes contacted the Innocence Project back in 2019 to ask for their help in reexamining the case. And they managed to do it in two and a half years. And if you've never heard of the Innocence Project, please look it up. It is an extraordinary thing. And they have done so much good for so many people. Not as many as they'd like because they get requests for hundreds of reexaminations of cases a year. And they can only take but so many. And this happened to be one of the ones. So that is excellent news for Mr. Holmes. But I am horrified that he ever had to go through this. So. That's my WTF. All right. That All is right. my WTF. And I don't know if that's an indication that the system is flawed as it has always been or that it's working like it's supposed to. I don't know. I'm always or up in the air. It was designed to be flawed to work like that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about as close. Both worlds. <laughs> that sounds about as, as close as it should be. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. There's my... A WTF, all I could do when I read this was just sigh. Just, hmm. I mean, okay. It's, okay. it's just getting to that point towards just like, oh, uh, you know? Yep. You see it and it's like, oh, God, not again. Nope. Nothing, yeah. ti- nothing tying him to the scene but a faulty witness. Right. Well, clearly he used a transporter from Star Trek. Clearly. He had it all invented. It was a test run. He used it, but, you know. Then he wasn't able to uh, finish completing the progress for everybody. Thought he had a foolproof plan. I guess not. Gosh. Just. That's that's 400 years. 400 years for supposedly being a getaway driver. Just a getaway driver. He wasn't armed. He wasn't involved in it. He was just the getaway, supposedly the getaway driver. And then come to find out he had nothing to do with it. Just like the man said at trial and just like the man has been saying for the last three and a half decades. Hmm. Yeah. America. Whew. What is what is your WTF this week? Well, you know, I was going to go with the uh, another episode of Ron DeSantis and his battle against Disney. And then it just occurred to me, oh, yeah, there is a gigantic WTF that we need to discuss. And that is the details of the... Uh, Senate Bill 686, also known as the Banning TikTok Bill. Mm. If you do not know anything about that bill, you need to look into it because it is perhaps the first stage of fascism legalized in the United States of America. It is simply not a ban on TikTok. It is a ban on any foreign-owned app that they deem 
to be against the interests of the United States of America. So they can ban any app. It will completely change the internet. And the fa my favorite part is, and by favorite part, I mean the part that I am sort of terrified about. They've thought of everything. Say you're just like, no, well, I'll just use a VPN and VPN and still be able to go to uh, enjoy the wonderful three minutes of TikTok. Nope, you won't. Because if you get busted using a VPN to go to a website that is now banned, you can get up to a $1 million fine and 20 years in prison. 20 years in prison for going to a fucking website. Oh, yeah, but they're the party that's against government overreach. They're the party for free speech. There, There's a lot in this bill that when you sort of go in and look at it, if you go and read the bill, you can go and get it on, uh, well, just Google it. You can find the, the Senate, you know, wording of the bill because they're all, uh, listed online and as you read it it's just you're just going to be like holy freaking crap and this isn't something that like we i don't think we've ever done it before you need to call your senators and tell them to vote no <laughs> wherever you are now if you live in oklahoma that's not going to do anything because langford and mullins don't give a crap what their constituents think unless you are southern baptist mm, yes but that bill if you go and read it is basically codifying first stage fascism or maybe even second stage fascism because we're in first stage now but yeah that's that's my wtf i just can't imagine that there would be imagine this future there could be somebody in jail for 20 years because they went to tiktok a whole bunch and got busted and they're gonna be, they could be in jail for up to 20 years and there would be people in jail for rape that will have less sentences because the minimum is 20 years if i read it correctly the minimum is 20 years Rapists will get sentenced to prison for less time than going to TikTok. I feel, I feel like saying this, and I shared this video with you on TikTok, aka the the devil, the devil's uh, rabbit hole. That doesn't mean I think it should be banned. I can call it that all day long and still indulge, and I did because I shared with you a very amusing video uh, of a fella uh, doing his own reimagined reenactment of the hearings with the TikTok CEO. And at the very end, he says, no, this is America, son. We determine what constitutes free speech. <laughs> right? This is what this yeah. is. We're telling you what we deem you can indulge in. Never mind that practically every freaking app and every freaking website collects data, everything, everything. You can opt out of a great deal of it. But it, and instead of hearing say that they're such a huge threat because they're foreign, I promise you, I've gotten more spam emails and pop ups from domestic websites and applications than I ever have from overseas. But what do I know? Yeah. 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 The funny, well, I don't know, funny. The thing is, if you go and look it up, when the last, when Captain Indictment, was president tiktok was one of the things that he didn't like and so they went and negotiated with tiktok on how they store all of their data and it's all since that point it's all been stored in the u.s and it's stored in the exact same way that facebook and twitter and all of these other social medias store their data in the united states because it has to go there it doesn't go to china and so you would think that maybe i don't know somebody could have looked into that before they started these hearings 
The other thing is, I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that TikTok is the only social media app that's not in the U.S. that doesn't uh, donate to political parties. Because they can't, because they're foreknown. <gasps> Could it be? Yeah. You think that maybe Fancy Facebook that. has given a lot of money to somebody because as TikTok use has gone up, Facebook use has gone down, and Instagram use has gone down? TikTok, hmm. devil's rabbit hole that it may be, has an obscene amount of creativity on it. It also has an obscene amount of misogynists and homophobes. But That is true. But the sheer amount of creativity and the vast array of it, I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained. Now I understand why people spend half the night on some TikTok. All you have to do is swipe, yep. swipe. It could be anything that comes up next. Absolutely anything. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, for someone with ADHD, TikTok is the absolute worst thing to have on my phone. But, you know, I've never let something being bad for me stop me before. And I'm not about to start now. Well, heck, why? I mean, we're more a little more than halfway through our lives. Why in the world should we not indulge? Exactly. We, we work exactly. hard. We're over 21. What the hell? Yeah. Um, but I will just sort of say this one last thing, because it was something that I saw on TikTok. If you go to, I think it's Reels, and you type in, just type in France, it's like touristy pictures and people in restaurants and hot people because they're French. And then if you go to TikTok and type in France, everything that's popping up is all the riots that are currently occurring in France. You don't get that on the reels, mm -mm. but you get it on TikTok. You sure do. And one has to wonder if maybe that's why certain people don't want TikTok here, because they're afraid of stuff getting out. Probably that. And, and TikTok seems to be populated by a lot of the younger generation, and they are more attuned to that kind of stuff. Not to say that, you know, folks of our age aren't, but they're they're seriously into it. I'm not mad at them. So it's probably a little of both and then some. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess we can move on from the WTF because I don't want to get talking too much about the whole thing. Cause, uh, we'll be I'll gagging on it. we to go the rest of the night. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll be gagging on it the rest of the week. Who knows, listening friends, this may be enough for something down the line. We'll see. Mm. We just yep. we just go with wherever the breeze takes us. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. So we decided we were both so pumped after talking with Oliver James last week. That man is is really inspiring. He's into what he's doing. And if if listening to him didn't inspire you, I don't know what will inspire you. Because that was one of the most positive, upbeat dudes I've ever spoken to. And I'm glad that he was on. So we decided that we were going to follow up with something slightly lighthearted this week. Even mm -hmm. though then the TikTok thing happened and I completely destroyed that in my <laughs> WTF. But <laughs> today we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite uh, lady musicians. Even though this is going to air in April, it's still kind of a continuation of our... Of Women's History Month. And frankly, uh, this is our podcast, so we can do what we want. That's hey! <laughs> that is true. We are free to set the schedule however we want. <sighs> no shade, listening friends, we promise. But yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, we didn't even discuss who was going to talk about their person first. So I will let you go first, Kenyatta. Well, thank you. 
Thank you. I'm already feeling better listening, friends, because I had severely stupid technical de- technical difficulties before getting on air on this episode. So I feel better already. Anyhoot, <laughs> I for my pick this this episode, I am going to talk about yes, one of my faves through the years, almost like growing up with her in a way. I feel that way strongly about all the lady singers that I like, but her in particular. And that is Erica Badu. You know, I had a short list and she was not on it. Why? Rick who? Who else did you think? Well, I was thinking I had kind of a range. And of course, I had to think, you know, Shaka Khan, Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, My brain is completely now shutting off, you know. (laughs) You know, then there's like Donna Summer, Aretha Franklin. That that happens on my I mean, on my short list, which is cool because I'm going to learn something because I don't know much about her. So I'm I'm excited. Um, and all those ladies um, are fantastic, of course. But when I thought about some of my favorites, like she's one of the ones that have carried me through for the last twenty some years, honestly. So and she's. I don't know. In, in in my book, she's almost iconic. I can put it like that. So, uh, born Erica Abby Wright on February 26, 1971. She is considered one of the foremothers of what was called or what is called the neo soul subgenre that started in the early to mid 90s. Um, she came out. In 1997, with her first album called Baduism, and the lead single, and the one that probably most people that know of her would think of first, was called On and On. Um, fantastic song, and she kind of you, you got the sense of who she was right off the bat with that song because she kind of speaks in code about uh, smoking, and it's. <laughs> I thought it was funny because when I first listened to her in that song. For some reason, it took me a second to realize what that line was saying. And if I may, I'm going to look it up now. And I should have should have thought of that. Yeah, you had some technical issues, so but um, a little scatterbrained for a moment. Just a little bit. I'm 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 pulled together pretty much. So um, the second the second verse goes: I was born on the water with three dollars and six dimes. Yeah, you may laugh because you did not do your math. And it took me a long time to realize what the heck she was talking about on that verse. So a lot of what she does is really uh, spiritual, coded language. And on and on is mostly a song about, so like empowerment, I guess you'd say, um, which is a lot of what she talks about. Empowerment, uh the black movement, love, relationships. She's a mixture of all sorts of things in her work across the years. So, like I said, her first album dropped in 1997. Huge hit. Went uh, three times platinum. And later on that year, she released a live album, which is unusual for an artist just starting out to drop a live album because usually artists don't do that until they're established. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go ahead and just say she was established. It didn't matter. She can do what she wants. And she dropped that live album later on in 1997, and she did it while on tour. And she was pregnant at the time with her first child, who was a son, 
who and and the father happens to be Andre Benjamin, aka Andre Three Thousand of the hip hop duo Outkast. So the biggest hit off of that live album was Little Diddy called Tyrone, and I would like to share a little bit of that with you because I care. So I have to say this, and I, I hope people will know that that was an anthem for many, many, many a woman since when she had a man whoop, when she had a man that was absolutely ridiculous and useless and didn't do anything and always asked her for money and never reciprocated anything in kind. She's had enough. She would tell him to pack his raggedy bags and call his homeboy Tyrone. To help him get the out. And that's what that song was about. And it was literally a song that she had written not too long before she went on tour. And this was the first time she had ever sang it. And everybody went wild. And it's been like a staple for her ever since. So big ups to Ms. Badu. Yes. yes. So after that live album, she followed up with four more studio albums. The second was called Mama's Gun in 2000, which went platinum. The third, Worldwide Underground in 2003, which went gold. Then New America, part one, subtitled Fourth World War, 2008. And her last studio album, which is 2010, New America, part two, subtitled Return of the Ankh. She also had a couple of mixtapes that both came out in 2015. Feel Better World, Love, Miss Miss Badu, and but you can't use my phone, which you've just heard the line in the song. And she actually does a little remix of Tyrone on that, as well as some other some other covers of some other songs. So, like I said, she's been a staple for me for a very long time. And when I get in those moods, I can literally sit and listen to her for like a good three hours. It's it's and I don't have to skip songs. It's just it's just like that. And listening friends, I know, you know, if you love music and you know, we love music because we talk about it. If you love music like that, I know you have at least one or two artists that you get in the zone and you could listen to them all doggone day. And she's one of those for me. So um, a lot of her philosophy over the course of her albums is influenced by African ideology. And uh, as she presents, she does. She wears a lot of. Head wrap, head wraps, and jewel with ongs and things that hark back to the uh, to the motherland. Big flowing dresses with the African prints on them, and she's she's still like that to this day. Um, she's gotten a little bit more. I want to call her a hippie, but that would that's that's too small of a word, and almost sounds disrespectful. Like I said, she's really she's really outside the box. She's not conventional in any way whatsoever. So, but um. She's got themes in her music of insecurity, social issues, personal relationships, um, relationships, a lot of love, a lot of love songs. And they don't come 
They don't come off the way generally that you think love songs are. Sometimes she's talking about being brokenhearted. She's got a song about warning somebody to stay away from her because she's going to break their heart. She's like that. She's real like that. And I, I absolutely adore her for that. I like um, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1997, she was nominated for several uh, Soul Train Lady of Soul Awards. And I don't even know if they do that award show anymore. But um, she won for Favorite Female Solo Single for On and On, Favorite Female Solo Album for Baduism, and Favorite or Best R&B Soul or Rap Song of the Year, also for On and On. In 1998, um, she won the American Music Award for Favorite R&B Soul or Rap New Artist. Best Female R&B Vocal for On and On, and Best R&B Album for Baduism. All these, all those last three were at the Grammys. Um, Outstanding New Artist and Outstanding Female Artist at the NAACP Image Awards. And let's see. And in the course of her career, she has had three children. As I mentioned earlier, um, she had her first child, a son by the name of Seven Sirius Benjamin, November 18th, 1997. Her middle child, born July 5th, 2004, Puma Septi Curry. And on February 1st, 2009, Mars Merkaba Bedford. So that is her, her personal life in a nutshell. And I should also add, she is a licensed and practicing doula. And for listening friends that don't know what that is, a doula assists in childbirth, but not so much for the child as she is there for the mother. And it's a very um, back to basics method of childbirth assistance. So listening friends, if you're at all interested, and I hope you are, check into that because it's a very interesting and very holistic uh, practice to indulge in. And there are quite a few doulas that operate across the country and she happens to be one of them. So that's that's that, That's cool. It is. It is really cool. And she's, she's, um, she's assisted in childbirth for several um, celebrity uh, mothers here recently in the last few years. And then, of course, for like personal friends and people that she knows that aren't necessarily in the spotlight. So, so to dabble in a, to another song of hers that I particularly like, and I'll play just a, a bit of that. It is from her 2010 album, New America Part Two. And the song is called Window Seat. And the song is about, and I'm sure she'll explain it in a way that I never could, obviously, because it's her song. But the way I and a lot of uh, other women and people who like that song tend to see it, it's something like, I'm doing a lot. I want a moment to breathe. I want a moment to rest. But when I get done resting, I want somebody to recognize I'm gone. And I want somebody to miss me and want me to come back. That's the gist of the song. So here's a little um, piece of that. Me. 
So if you were looking at the video, you noticed something, Jack? Um, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that she was, um, it looked like she was uh, stripping there. Correct. And uh, it looked like there was some fella in the background that's like, what the hell's going on with her? <laughs> also correct. <laughs> and she shot that video on the fly. And, and had the way she described it on a talk show not too long after was it was shot guerrilla style. No crew, one take, no close set, no warning, two minutes, downtown Dallas at the Dealey Plaza. And then she ran like hell. And listening, friends, for those who don't know what the Dealey Plaza is in downtown Dallas, it is the area where John F. Kennedy Jr. was shot back in 1963. So, you mean as the, senior. In, huh? Senior. Excuse me. Senior. <laughs> Lord, and I had Junior on my mind a couple of weeks ago. That's probably why it popped in my head. But yes, John F. Kennedy Sr. So a lot of people had issues with how dare she, and she does end up stripping down to her birthday suit in the course of the video. Mm -hmm. So listening friends, I recommend you go hunt that video down as soon as possible. Make sure you're not at work because it is NSFW. Right. Anyway, <laughs> and it's the video is basically her just walking down the street through the plaza and she's slowly undressing, sweatshirt, shirt, pants, dot, dot, dot. Then they blur out all the all the spots or whatever. But later on, apparently she got arrested for disorderly conduct. And it wasn't reported at the time. And during the video, you can see spectators watching her walk by as she strips off clothing. And they're like looking at her like, what, what's going on? And there's children nearby. And she said in, a, in that same interview, she said she didn't realize that kids were nearby. And I can see why, because she was probably in the zone trying to get this done. Go figure. Uh, but she said something to the effect of, I hope I didn't traumatize him or something. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm like, yes, that, that sounds like something she would say. But she ended up uh, pleading not guilty. She didn't. Um, she went up, pled not guilty, but she did end up having to pay a $500 fine and had six months probation behind that. So that is one of those things that 13 years later, she is also still known for. The video <laughs> where she goes butt naked. And I applaud her. I applaud the courage. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Not be my, me either. <laughs> Couldn't be me, but it was it was something else. So listening friends, if you get the chance, check out the video window seat. And the last song I would like to touch on briefly is one that she featured on. And it was a song from her oldest child's father, his group, Outcat. It's a little ditty on their 2000 album, Stankonia. Song is called Humble Mumble, and she has a featured guest spot uh, roughly halfway through the song. It's one of her, she's featured on a lot of songs, but this is one of her best ones, I think. And I just love the song anyway. Actually, Stankonia in its entirety is just about a masterpiece. So, listening friends, you've heard it here, and Jack will agree, I know. So, here's a little bit of that song and her featured part in it. Outcast, Humble Mumble. <laughs> Just like a book, I scream the rain and 
So, listening friends, if you want to act like that song is not a piece of pure artistry, you can go argue with somebody else because it won't be me. <laughs> she had some good flow going on there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When You've heard of Janelle Monáe, right? Probably, but Probably. there's a lot in my brain. Okay. So if you look her up, she's, I want to say she's like a protege of Erica Badu, but they're sort of like spiritual older sister and younger sister in a way. Okay. And Badu guests on one of Janelle Monet's songs a few years ago. When I tell you they're like cut almost from the same kind of cloth, it's fantastic. So listening friends, if you want something that you've never quite heard before, but I bet you relate to it. Check out Miss Erica Badu. She is considered, like I said, she's considered one of the the forerunners of the the neo soul subgenre movement. And her, along with D'Angelo, whose first album was called Brown Sugar. And yes, listening friends, Brown Sugar is code for wheat. Um, and Maxwell and his first album, Urban Hang Sweet. The three of those albums are considered what uh, kicked the neo soul movement off into gear in the in the mid nineties. Uh, and if you're not familiar with it, I guarantee you there's some fantastic singing and songwriting going on in a lot of those artists. Just Google it and you will have hours upon hours upon hours of listening pleasure. I can guarantee it. But that is my my spotlight for today, Ms. Erica Badu. I love her so well the cool thing is since we pretty much all subscribe to music streaming services these days. Mm. You have every, I would assume, every artist that you just spoke about is probably on a, your streaming platform, and you could go and pop up that name and just listen to them to your heart's content. Literally. Literally. And trust me when I tell you, you will you will be able to listen to her stuff. Just do a shuffle. Just just look up like her greatest hits or you know whatever streaming service you have. I'm sure they have something like a greatest hits for your artist. Look hers up. Put it on shuffle. Go about your business. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. I promise. So, yep. Ms. Badu, everybody. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be streaming her tomorrow. I know. At work. <laughs> and when you'll be bobbing your head and someone comes along like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Because you'll be in the zone. Just tell them not to worry about it. But it'll be a new thought for me because normally when I'm jamming to music, someone comes over and I'm like, how dare you interrupt me when I'm while I'm listening to this song for the 50,000th time? See, now I can think to myself, how dare you interrupt me as I'm listening to this song for the first time? Correct. There's justification in the new things. I, I adore that. <laughs> Who is it that you would like to talk about no. today? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll give you a second. Who you think I am going to talk about, and then when I mention her, we'll I, we'll see if if you had her on your uh, on your radar for who I would pick. All right, is the name popped in there yet? Celine Dion. No. Carol King. Pat Benatar. No, but I wouldn't have been opposed. No. Um, <laughs> it is the one, the only, the Canadian Dynamo. You can't do this on television. Alanis Morissette. Get out. <gasps> You're going to play the song, aren't you? You're going to play the song. Let me be quiet. Go ahead. <laughs> I probably am. Um, but yeah, uh, everybody just remember that she started on season two of You Can't Do That on Television. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she was on season two and season three, and then she left. And we'll discuss that 
in a fit. Mm-hmm. But um, everybody knows because this was her first song that came out, and everybody knows her for this song. And the funny thing is, this was the first song, and everybody just assumed that all of her music was going to be like this. And really, this song's kind of the outlier. Listen to her catalog. So mm-hmm. here we go. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I know the version of me Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother Cause the love that you gave every day Was a way for the baker For you to be open wide No And every time you speak her Oh, that yeah. was the, the cockles of my black heart. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the best thing is who that song is actually about. Right? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you know who it is. And people <laughs> our age probably know who it is. Millennials may not. But that was that song was all about Dave Coulet. That was so wild. He does not look like he's worth singing about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know the man. She he, does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she was apparently quite upset when he broke up with her. Yeah. But also, let's consider the fact that she wrote this song when she was 19. Well, so, yes. There's that. And I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, belittle her for her 19-year-oldism, but you feel a lot differently about things when you're 19 than you do when you're 40-ish. That's, Facts. That is also 100% true. That does not mean, though, that I do not rock out to this song every chance I get. And I'm not even singing about anybody. I just love the song. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But I just remember at the time, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, she is so angry. And I'm like, you know, dudes write songs when they're pissed off and they break up with with somebody. It's the same thing. And I, I always liked the song. And my wife enjoyed the song. And we... Enjoy the Similanus Morissette. And if I remember when I'm done playing some of the music, I will tell you about the time that I almost got in a fight at an Alanis Morissette concert. All righty. <laughs> and if we don't have the time, and if I forget, everyone listening will just be left wondering what the hell happened. No, I'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she, she is so, she is such a good lyricist. Mm-hmm. And I do think that her voice is kind of, is kind of unique with the way she, her inflections and everything that she uses, but she is a really good, strong lyricist in her, which is not actually her first album. It's her first album that was released in the U S jagged little pill. Apparently Mm. she had two Canadian releases before that, um, which I only discovered that while I was looking up for today, (laughs) but you know, once you, once you get on that, you can't do this on television train. Canada's just going to love you. Yeah, it's true though. 
And mm. I've always kind of had a theory that Alanis Morissette was slightly the inspiration for the Robin character on How I Met Your Mother. Because if you recall, she was a Canadian pop star and on a Canadian um, like tween television show. Wasn't it Robin Sprinkles or some crazy stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if it's true or not, but I've just kind of always had this theory that she was like, that was a tribute to Alanis Morissette. I could be way off base, but it just had a lot of Alanis Morissette tones to it. There is that. I almost, I kind of sort of thought she would, they were going like for Tiffany or something like that, but I don't know. That may be closer to the truth. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have no, I don't know. And, um, but I am going to play uh, this other song. I actually edited, edited down. It's still a little longer. Um, it is right at two minutes. Um, but it is one of my favorite songs and it's one of the songs that she contributed to the movie city of angels, which looking back on it, the soundtrack is by far better than the movie. The soundtrack's what rem- is remembered now almost more than the movie was. Uh-huh. There is a lot of good music on that soundtrack. A lot. And um, so I'm going to go ahead and play this. And I've always felt that this song was had like a haunting tone to it. So uh, here you go. That is one of the most haunting beginnings to a pop song that I can think of. And I think I've re- heard this before. The the reason I split it in two is because it ends with a haunting thing. The music to that and the way she sings it, it just, I don't know, just kind of gets you, <laughs> or at least it, it does me anyway. I mean, it does. And I, like I said, I, I think I've heard this song, it had to be a long time ago, but it does sound familiar. And I tell you what, if you can deploy strings effectively, you can make a hell of a song. And they did that with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just looked up the other artists on that soundtrack. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I'll be listening to this tomorrow during work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great soundtrack. 
Yeah, um, I'm seeing uh like that doggone angel song by Sarah McLaughlin. Yep. Woo. And then it has the nerve to have a Peter Gabriel song. Like, hello. It's already right. winning. It's already winning for me. Yeah, that it's a quality quality soundtrack. And uh, if you're one, if you don't don't remember the movie City of Angels, it's actually a remake of the French film, but it has Nick the Cage Cage in it, and he plays an angel. <gasps> love with one Meg Ryan. Yeah, I think that's probably why I stayed away from it. She's not. She's not one of my favorites. Sorry. Right. I think <clears throat> that's why the soundtrack has held up better than the movie. <laughs> yeah. That may be why I I don't know, but um, it's on my it's on my list, so I'll be going through it because I remember we talked about this before on an episode previous because it has one of your favorite songs on there, the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. Yeah, Iris is. I could I could go on and on and on about that, which I also recently saw live, but I did not almost get into a fight at that concert. Well, that's good, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's only happened at one. Oh no, never mind, two. All righty then. <laughs> uh, scratch that. Three. No, I did get in a fight at a Motley Crue concert. So I mean, that's a given. Come on. That that's a story for another podcast, a different well, episode. <laughs> all righty. <laughs> but the last song, though, of Alanis Morissette's that I wanted to highlight is her song "Hands Clean," which I believe came out in two thousand and two. And the song is actually. Um, well, the, the lyrics and everything are very well written, but the song is very personal for her because it was actually the first time she came out and talked about how she was sexually abused as a child by one of the producers at the uh, television, whatever it is, because, you know, TV works a little different in Canada than it does here. And she was in a rather decently long relationship with a grown ass man when she was a teenager. And she was sexually abused. And this song is how she came out and told the world that this happened to her as a teenager. Hmm. Okay. Wow. And it was released as a pop song and it charted pretty good or pretty well. Whatever the proper English term is, that's what I meant. But it's knowing what the song is about takes kind of a bit of bravery to not just talk about it, but to write a song about it, record it, release it. And then it, you know, be a top ten hit. So, um, with that being said, I will, I will press play. If it wasn't for your maturity, none of this would have happened. If you weren't so wise beyond your years, I would have been able to control myself. If it weren't for my attention, you wouldn't have been successful. And if, if it weren't for me, you would never have amounted to very much. Yeah, that that first part is basically um, her abuser, word for word things that was said to her. The other, oh. her, uh, 
you know, kind of her response. I haven't said anything. And then she did in a big way. <laughs> well, I hope whoever that is will rot in hell. You know, it's yeah. putting it mildly. I'll just say that. <clears throat> yeah. And the thing is that when the song came out, it came out like six months after, I think it was the, uh, the school teacher that got knocked up by the 13-year-old and then she went to jail. It came out shortly after that. And people thought the song was about that. Yeah, of course. And then it was a little bit later that she was like, no, no, this is what happened to me. Mm. And, you know, but if you think about it, all of that is stuff that people that are groomers that do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That are that age. That's all the same things that they say. It's so, it's so gross. It's just, mm, just thinking about that kind of stuff makes me itch. Yeah. But that's, that's a very brave way to, to tell the story. That's for sure. Oh boy, and yeah. and that's why I think I've always liked about her. I, I don't. I haven't listened to enough of her stuff, and that's been on my list for a long time to start. You know, getting into artists that I've heard like bits and pieces from. But everything that I've heard from her, she she literally emotes so well. Like you get chills from the way she says stuff in certain songs. Like she's yeah. she's got her reputation for a reason. She's she's extremely talented. Oh yeah, she definitely is. And she's she's also been in some movies and whatnot. Uh, she played God in a Jay and Silent Bob movie. Um, I'm, Dogma. Dogma. Yes, thank I you. I love that movie. She was God, <laughs> and it ties into your artist because she walks around naked in that movie. Interesting. She does. I need to find that movie. I haven't seen it in years because we, we just unintentionally worked together with nudity and women. Listening friends, this is not objectifications. Don't don't write us any nasty emails, please. <laughs> Purely coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> she was also Ryan Reynolds' first wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I will quickly talk about my near fight. Oh, please do. So Heather and I got tickets to see Alanis Morissette. It was in Tulsa, on the east side of Tulsa, which made it suck even more because I hate going to Tulsa. So then I had to actually drive all the way across Tulsa to get to where we were going. But it was at the Hard Rock Cafe. It was a nice venue, beautiful, great place. She came out and she had selected Tulsa as a prep for a European tour that she was doing that was entirely acoustic. So she only did like four shows in the U.S. before she went and did the actual real tour. So we just kind of lucked out and, and got to go to this concert. And this was in 2017-ish, I guess it was. So we go, we're sitting there, we're both excited, you know, because it's like, man, we've loved Alanis for, you know, 22 years or whatever it is, music-wise. Longer if you count, you know, when we were all teenagers together. Well, she was in Canada, but anyway. So we're there, and there are these four younger ladies behind us, who I guess thought they were some sort of Instagram influencers. And every Alana song that they didn't like, they would either talk loudly through it as if they were the only people there, or they would like go live and talk during the concert. No. Everyone around is getting pissed. And I'm getting beyond pissed at this point. Mm. Unfortunately, Heather <laughs> opened up my floodgate because Heather turns around and she says to him, could you guys be quiet? We all paid a lot of money to see Alanis. And about that time, I I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. 
Heather opened my floodgate. I turned around and I was like, shut your fucking mouth. Nobody <gasps> came to hear your whore mouth. Yes, oh I said whore mouth. Oh my. Oh. Oh. And she was like, well, you could ask somebody to be quiet. And I was like, and you could be adult enough to shut the fuck up during a concert. You know, you where everybody paid money to hear her, not you, go on Instagram. Pretty much. Well, how dare you? And then I was like, shut up. And then people started clapping, which pissed her <laughs> off. And so she goes, well, I'm just going to shine. So she gets her phone and puts her flashlight on. And she's, I'm just going to shine this on you. And I go. I'm fat. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to block your view for the rest of the concert. To which she was like, <gasps> and so I did. I stood up and this lady to my left, who I have no idea who she is. She's like, oh, she's leaning to the right. So I'd go to the right. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she's leaning left now. And I'd go left. <laughs> so Alanis gets on and she's like, we're only going to perform these last two songs. I'm not going to do the whole thing where we do an encore and you, we leave. You guys clap. You come out. We do two more, two or three more songs. She's like, I just think that's stupid. I'm just going to do all of the songs and then we can all go home. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I mean, we all know that when you leave that you're coming back out anyway. So thanks for just getting rid of that crap. <laughs> and so they do the first, about midway through the first of the last two songs, one of them goes, I think we might want to leave because I think these people around us are pissed off and they might try to hurt us. So they got up and left. And I was like, woohoo. And then the concert <laughs> ended and everybody was like, Dude, thanks for telling them to shut up. Because they did the rest of the show. Well, once they turned the flashlight off. But Oh, entitlement. <clears throat> Man, it was, it was close. Mm. You know, all it would have taken was one of them to, I guess, decide that they were upset and throw down because I was ticked. I was ready to throw down myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they went back and told everybody that would listen how they were assaulted by. By the some... mean fat guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, he was so crazy. We were just trying to enjoy the show. We wouldn't stop talking and it pissed him off. And then they all clapped after he yelled at us. They won't tell that part. They won't tell the part about how they were disturbing everyone else around them. They'll just tell the part where you got in their shit. But, you know, because this yeah. same thing happened at um, the comedy show I went to a couple weeks ago. Or last week. Um, Somebody was over off to the, the seating off to the side of the stage and apparently, I don't know if it was a heckler or he was just screaming things out at the at the comedian to say certain things. And he was like, um, first of all, this is my show and I already know what I'm going to say. And I don't need the hints. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and shut the fuck up. And I'm not saying this. The people around you are saying this. I'm very talented. I know what I'm doing. So you just go ahead and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. The entire crowd went, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Let, let the artists that the rest of us paid money. Do what they do. And you shut up and you enjoy it. Or you go home and you watch them on YouTube where you can talk to your heart's delight. Whatever. Yeah. You know, you can watch pretty much any artist in concert on YouTube now. And yeah. if you want to talk through the whole thing, watch it on YouTube. In the First of all, you're saving home. yourself all those extra Ticketmaster fees. Yeah. You know, so save yourself a couple hundred bucks and just watch it on YouTube. Then you can talk all you want. And if you've talked over a song you like, oh. Rewind it. Mm -hmm. When you're at the concert, shut up. Because, like, really, you're talking, you're going to miss them. So, not to mention annoying everyone around you, but basically, you're going to miss something because you're babbling. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't get that part. The yeah, Heather was, afterwards was like, you couldn't have just let me take care of it, could you? And I was like, sorry. <laughs> I 
it was your fault. You you opened the floodgates. You opened the door and let me in. That that probably was a really great conversation, wasn't it? <laughs> and Heather was like, I think one of those girls was contemplating smacking you with her purse. <laughs> like that would have been fun. I mean, what's the deal? What's what's the problem? I don't I don't understand the issue with telling them to shut the entire hell up. It's yeah. I don't know. Like I said, people just expect to be able to do what they want to, and no one should have a thing to say about it. But yet, somehow, we do. Yeah. Imagine that. But there, there should be a law laws exempting people. If you're at a concert and someone's talking and you punch them, they're the ones that go to jail. Same thing at movies. Someone that talks during a movie or gets on their phone, you should be able to go and punch them and just get a free one in. Or at the very least, I just you know, when I go to public events like that, carry a little tiny water gun and just in the face. <clears throat> and then right. they say, oh, what are you doing? And just keep until they shut up. I won't say a word. Just, with vinegar. No, water would be good. Like you're shooting a cat. So, yeah. Or beer. So if they get pulled over, they'll get checked for drunk driving because they'll smell like beer. The next thing you know, the cops are coming to your house and someone filed charges. And... Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. It might be worth it, though. I'll keep that in mind. Anyway, listening <laughs> anyway, friends. Alana not... has quite the... <laughs> She has quite the, the the works, you know, to go and check them out. She's had a long career full of great songs, great music. Go check her out. And I hope you like the little samples I played for you tonight. Indeed. Indeed. That is also on my list. So, yes, I think we've talked about some very, some very good uh, singers, artists, I should say. It's more accurate. Some very good artists who just happen to sing. So, yeah. It was a good yep. episode. It has, it has righted my attitude, so I'm, I'm appreciative. But, yeah, yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning in. We're going to go ahead and I think we're going to cut out for now. And we hope you guys enjoy listening to some maybe new artists for you, maybe not, maybe old artists that you think I need to go back and listen to. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. We hope we have given you some new things to consider and most streaming services when you listen to one artist they'll recommend someone else so just go all the way down the rabbit hole so there you, there you go, go. Yep. indeed all right i guess with that we're uh we're gonna call it call it quits and we'll see everybody on the next one bye as always thank you for listening on whatever streaming platform you use for your podcasts if you could please like share follow subscribe or rate, that would really help us out in the algorithms. If you would like to help us financially, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocuspods. And check us out on social medias. You can just do a search for Kanata and Jack Save the World. And over on TikTok, you can follow us at Hyperfocus Podcasts. Thanks.